Paul Buckman passes to Jamie. Passes a uh, quick comment. Uh, Jamie rushes to the basket. Jumps and scores. Murray gets a rebound. Murray dribbles down the court. Passes it to Paul. Paul passes it to Jamie. Jamie passes it to Ira. Ira is at the concession stand. Oh, foul ball. We've got an air bud situation here. There's no rule that says a guy eating a hot dog can't play basketball. <laughs> hey, I did it. You did great. You did so great. That was a surprise. I know it was. I've been wanting to do it for a while. You nailed it. And, You're uh, in. You know, I see the You're moment. the new intro guy. Well, well okay, take it easy. Uh, <laughs> I've been bumped. Intro for a day. <laughs> Intro for a yeah, day. Yeah, what a contest. It's a, <laughs> I, hope this, I hope this made your week. <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty fun <laughs> one. I feel great about that. You did great. I'm very impressed. Hey, everyone write well, in. Well, hello. <laughs> everyone write in, yeah. <laughs> if you think John did great, tweet at Russ. Uh. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Mad About Mad About You, your weekly Mad About You recap podcast. My name is Russ Fader. And I'm John Marbley. And John, what's going on? How you doing? I uh, I'm good. I have a podcast I'd like to plug. You do? Yes, I've been wanting to plug it for weeks, and I keep forgetting. I keep forgetting. And I want to do it at the beginning. I don't know that song. <laughs> Let me guess. You would. It's famous. <laughs> I mean, it's famous enough. You would really like that song. I think I would too. Yeah. It's Michael McDonald. He sings like a ridiculous person, and he's right up your alley. I don't know what that means, actually. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that sounds You'd know him if you heard it. Who sounds yeah. like Stevie Wonder? <laughs> it is not. <laughs> but you're not wrong. Your impression it's, sounds it's... like Stevie Wonder. Ooh, well, thank you very much. <laughs> well, your impression of that guy sounds like Stevie Wonder. <laughs> oh, well, then this is a this is a backhanded compliment at best. <laughs> <laughs> or a forehanded insult. I can't tell. Anyway. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I've been wanting to plug this podcast for weeks because it's produced by former friend of, well, not former friend, friend of the podcast, <laughs> Leah Reddy. Oh, great. Everyone yes. remembers her. From, she was our first guest, I think. She was our first guest. And, and I now wanna, she's our former friend. Yeah, former friend. I hate her guts now. But <laughs> <laughs> nevertheless, this is a great podcast. <laughs> Gotta plug it. That's how good this is. It's at the. I'm doing it at the beginning because it's a little serious. And by a little serious, I mean incredibly okay. serious. <laughs> Sure. But uh, basically, you know, she works at, I think I think this came up in the podcast, she works at Trinity Church in Manhattan, okay. which is a 300-year-old church at least, I think, maybe 350. That is very much in vogue now. I believe that that's where Alexander Hamilton and Angelica Schuyler are buried. That is wrong? correct. Very good. Yeah, I know Famous my Hamilton. Famous burial plots for 200. <laughs> Lawrence Welk. Oh, yeah, him too? Yeah, no, he's in Culver City. It's just another grave I know. Just another person yeah. who died and is buried in a place. No, but I, that I know, that I know. <laughs> a place that I know. Elvis Presley. <laughs> Where's he buried? Graceland. Oh. Yeah. His house? Yes. Huh. Yeah, it's, from what I hear, it's very strange. You walk out into the backyard and there you are like you're just walking around his home and it's like oh this is a nice museum yeah, and you walk like, out back see and it. it's just like so just says oh. didn't see you there <laughs> have a seat <laughs> anyway leah's serious podcast 
Yeah. Okay. So she works there and, you know, they have these students that come in as part of this like leadership training program or something, you know, and Mm -hmm. these basically what happened is like a year ago, maybe six months ago, this high school senior was killed by police in Brooklyn. And this was a whole movement called Justice for Sergio. And this was their classmate. And these kids, she helped these kids go through the process of like creating a podcast about this incident. Wow. That includes interviews from teachers, classmates, local clergy, cops. There's this amazing interview with a cop about gun training. Wow. And it's all kids running it. Like, not you know, not kids, like not eight-year-olds, but, you know, like 16-year-olds. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's wow. very short. It's three episodes. They're each like 10 minutes long. But you cry at the end, and but you also feel hopeful. And it's incredibly inspiring and fascinating. And, you know, it's a great That's listen. Terrific. And everyone should go listen. That's it's great. called Justice for Sergio. It's on Justice iTunes or Apple, whatever. Apple Podcast. Yeah. And we'll post, we'll tweet about it or whatever. Well, thanks, Leah. We will check it out. And please do the same, everybody. Yeah. Now... Out of the arbitrary stuff. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing pretty okay. I feel like yeah, not a not a lot has happened since we spoke last. But yeah, it's well, it snowed. It snowed here in New York. Yesterday sure. was a beautiful snow day. Yes. Just lovely. Yeah. The kind of I, I took my snow day and went out and got a bad haircut. So that's that's how I decided to spend okay. my snow day. I did the Christmas shops. Oh yeah, yeah. With At, uh, some hot Union cocoa Square? with uh, rum in it or uh, uh, whiskey. Okay, very nice. Yeah, and we walked through Central Park and it was snowing and there were rats, rats running around in the snow. Beautiful. Oh, that sounds very yeah. romantic. That's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> I was with other friend the... of the podcast, Brett Oresco. Oh, how cool! I only hang out with people wearing... that have been on the show. <laughs> rats wearing little Santa Claus hats. Yeah, Santa Con rats. <laughs> Santa Con, that's right, it was Santa Con. Yeah. For those who don't know, oh, man. one Saturday a year around Christmas, I, it's a couple Saturdays before Christmas, people that generally aren't from New York City mm-hmm. take trains in, dress as Santas, drink their faces off all over town, leave garbage everywhere, act and like fight idiots, each other. vomit, yeah. and then leave. Yeah. And I think it was supposed to be for charity originally. Gosh, I hope not. I'm not sure what would be better. Would it be better if it originally was a charity thing and then no longer is, or if it never was and it was just an arbitrary, just hey, we're gonna we're gonna dress like Santa and be jackasses? Well, I guess that which would is better. be better because then there's yeah. no backslide. Right, right. It's less depressing. We're gonna, we're gonna yeah, we're gonna raise funds and uh, donate to kids, and then all of a sudden they were just like, hey, let's get the donations out of here. Yeah, they're really Better than slowing just us like, down. Hey, we're going to take our normal stupid behavior and do it elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone oh, hates it. Santa everyone Con. in the city hates it. It's so fun. Everybody. But I assume small businesses must like it. I mean, small businesses meaning bars, bars, for sure. and then I guess cab drivers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, you got to keep a, a city's economy running. So <laughs> you're right. You're God not bless right. the tourists. <laughs> Where's that? Where's that ad? Where's the SantaCon? Come to New York. Be, We've got SantaCon. Be a monster, yeah. <laughs> Are you looking to fist fight your uncle <laughs> when you're both wearing fake white beards in the street? <laughs> uh, it's a hell of a town. Go ahead. Okay. 
<laughs> we are currently recording episode 40 of Mad About Mad About You. We're going to talk about season two, episode 18 of Mad About You, which is an episode called The Tape. Yes, the, uh, there's also a Seinfeld episode called The Tape. Is there now? It, is it the same basic premise? Identical. Jerry and his yeah. wife make a sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> and then when Jerry's turning his film in, he accidentally mixes it up. Yeah, that sounds very close. <laughs> no, do you remember the one where uh, Jerry has a mystery? He finds a mysterious, or he's recording his set. The episode starts oh, after this, yes, but he's listening yes, to his yes, set yes, 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 and he yes, hears yes. this sexy voice saying dirt, filthy things yes. to him, and all the guys want to listen to the tape. Yes, yeah, and that it turns out very... to be Elaine. Yes, doing a joke, but she doesn't realize the repercussions. Of that's that's right, and then it just ends with the three libido. of them just. It just ends with the three of them looking disgustingly at a lake. It's actually a, a very progressive episode, I'd say. It's a, yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, that's a funny episode. That is that the one where does George like squirt the ketchup as he listens to this tape? I or am I thinking a different one? No, you know that is about? when Jerry's telling George a dirty story. This right, is the yes. one though where George Elaine asks him what he wants. He drives her home and she's like, "You want to do anything? I'm up for anything." And he accidentally honks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> uh, George squirting the ketchup. That is a great moment. It's pretty episode. great. Uh, it's pretty great. <laughs> when did this air? Sorry, this aired February twenty fourth, nineteen ninety four. Yeah, we, the last one was a week before on a Monday. We've it's been too long. We're back on Thursdays, but we skipped a Thursday. Oh, my stupid fantasy foot! Every time, every time we record on a Sunday, my home takes over, and there's just noises everywhere. <laughs> Sorry, my home takes over. <laughs> next next Jake Tapper's gonna pop on CNN. <laughs> so what's what's TV Guide got to say about this episode? Not bad. Paul inadvertently returns a revealing home video to the rental store. Okay. I don't like leaving Jamie out of the description because it's just as revealing of her. Um, well, look, the only way Paul does the returning. That is true. He, he, Paul's the, only the one that screws up. You're right. The only way to include Jamie in this is to say Paul returns a, a a revealing video of Paul and Jamie, which is clunky, or of them. Paul inadvertently returns a compromising video of the couple. No. Of yeah. the couple? Wow. You've bested us, yeah. TV Guide. Yeah. <laughs> Two thumbs way up this Two week. Two thumbs up. <laughs> Proud of you. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. That's not fun. It's not fun. It just is. Yeah, it's right. <laughs> this isn't like, ooh, we can't miss this one. <laughs> Wonderful. What was on TV? You're watching NBC. Well, the Olympics are still on TV. Oh, are you kidding me? When are they so, going to get over that already? I, I don't know. It's it's very funny. Like, as often happens when I do this with just regular old shows yeah. and I get sick of reading the same things. And similarly, when the Olympics are on, <laughs> ah. the first three days, you're like, yeah, Olympics. And then by the end of the second week, you're like, okay, Olympics, anything? When do I get When do I get my shows back? Uh, I just, ah. last week, I was like, yeah, Olympics. And then I read it today, and I'm like, geez, the Olympics are still That's happening? so funny. Ugh, I can't believe I have to read the word Olympics again this I week. I hear you, though. That's how I felt about the mayoral race. Don't you feel like that election just went on forever? <laughs> it just wouldn't die. It they wouldn't start end. earlier and earlier every uh, every every term. Please, uh, recapping that race took years off my life. <laughs> just exhausting. <laughs> I, 
I lost friendships. Yeah, yeah people don't know. We started about... researching for this podcast in 1998. <laughs> it was going to be a radio show on WFAN. <laughs> they said we do sports. This makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> we said, what's the fan stand for? <laughs> we're fans. Yeah, we're fans. <laughs> so the Olympics are still happening. And so now this is this is now the second new Mad About You episode that they're burning during the Olympics. Oh, you're right. They like they jammed another one into the middle of yeah. Olympics week to I guess maximize the amount of people who wouldn't be watching their show. I love it. It's ballsy. <laughs> you like their gumption? They did Seinfelds too, I'm assuming. I think there I think it was a new Seinfeld. I'm not positive. Yeah. I mean these are the kinds of this is your job. This is the kind of detail? I know. <laughs> I know. Well, look, I know there were mostly repeats. I want your resignation, but <laughs> mostly repeats and movies this week on other stations, at least. Yes, I'm going to talk about a couple. Of, well, since I changed the rules on myself, but I was just like, it really. Since I've decided that I could cover things for the week, yeah, and Russ not took just the, the imaginary night, handcuffs off. Exactly. Now it's like, ooh, I've really got no excuse for being like, well, nothing good was on. Yeah, that's true. It's like, well, look at a different day. <laughs> so and I looked. Well, I looked a little bit, and <laughs> I still did the bare minimum. On nine thirty on Thursday night, Living Single was on Fox. Oh yeah. Which was a fun show. I Did you watch it. that back in the day at all? I wasn't allowed. You weren't allowed? I think they it were living good. a little too single. For, a little too single yeah, for, for the Marbley yeah. household. I get you. It was a good show. Queen Latifah, Kim Fields. Don't know her. Yeah, you do. Kim Fields used to, was Tootie uh, on The Facts of Life. And oh, then don't remember later, her. she's also a real housewife. For at least one season, where? I believe, of uh, Atlanta. Oh, I don't like that one. No, oh, that's my that's my cast, man. Oh, that's they, mine. They're too dramatic, Russ. The, you don't like the look. If you think that the housewives, if you're gonna pick which one is too dramatic, yeah, and be like, oh, I need the more subtle housewife, yeah. show. I, I, you're you're watching for the wrong reasons. No, I'm watching for the right reasons, and that's why I watch Beverly <laughs> Hills because they're strong, fascinating women who support each other. What show are you even watching? That that's is a, not the Real Housewives. Beverly Hills was my hook because I watched and I said, "Oh, these people are a lot smarter than I thought, and they have big hearts." Some of them, some of them may be smarter. Some of them may be somewhat big-hearted. A lot of monsters on that show. Not on Beverly. Do not denigrate. My Beverly Hills one. Oh, you know what? I think I'm thinking of uh, Orange County. Orange County is a little dicier. I'll give you that. You know what? We'll we'll. It's a little dicier. It doesn't come close to New Jersey though. No, no, no. They're but I psychos. Love New, Jersey. <laughs> that, New Jersey feels like home. They have big hearts, but only for their families. <laughs> yes, for their families, they are as thick as a yeah. thieves. And... <laughs> sounds that sounds anti-Italian. No, that is a direct quote from. <laughs> From that show. <laughs> I mean, I'll take it. I'll <laughs> we got to pass. I'm a quarter Sicilian. Perfect. So, yeah, Kim Fields was on Living Single. Erica Alexander. Oh, I know that name. Yeah, she was on The Cosby Show for a couple of seasons, and we also talked about her on this show because she was on... Oh gosh, what was the name of the show that we talked about? The uh, the one the the doctor show that Michael Lang directed. Oh, going going to going uh, to extremes. Yes, going to extremes. Yes, yeah, she was on that. And when I mentioned her name on that, you said I don't know who that is. Yes, so, that's right. Yeah, 
There you go. Oh, and you probably so now said, you do. oh, she's from Living Single. Uh, yeah, that's absolutely what I did. Great. <laughs> now we're just reversing it. Yeah, I'm glad we've gotten repetitive in two seasons of the show. <laughs> Remember that the Cosby show had a guy named Cockroach? Oh, yeah, he did. That's a yeah, great. Cockroach was absolutely that's funny. Between Cockroach on the Cosby show and Boner on Growing Pains, there were a lot of great sidekick games serious? back in the 80s. Uh, Shocked. Good times. So, yeah, that was, a, that was a fun show. Fun show with a great theme song. And I also decided to look in, but I didn't, um, I wasn't able to find a good episode and I, I was just kind of like, okay, living single. Yes. Fun. But this let's see what else is on other nights. Description of what was on. <laughs> exactly. This is like if I asked you any Thursday. I couldn't dig in. <laughs> I, 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 I hear you. I hear you. I feel that so, way about the news sometimes. Yeah. And so I looked at other days because I'm doing that now. And on Wednesday night. Okay. Here we go. First of all, the Olympics were also still happening. Don't care. Uh, there was a show on ABC at 8 o'clock called Thea. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I just I and, sounded like the creep from Seinfeld. Interesting. Oh, <laughs> oh actually, the TV Guide guy. That's the TV Guide guy. Oh, no. For what? Do you remember the weirdo? That's how the character is portrayed on this show. Okay, sue me. Do you remember the weirdo <laughs> that takes... I don't remember how or why, but... Elaine talks to him on the subway because she's reading the TV guide from uh, George's dad's place. Okay. And he becomes obsessed with her. Sure. And then he shows, like, he's obsessed with TV guides and he collects TV yes. guides. Yes. That's how he speaks. So it's basically <laughs> a guy who's obsessed with TV guides saying, interesting. Oh. <laughs> which is basically what I just did. Great. <laughs> During the TV guide segment. How about that? So things are going just pretty great. good. Yeah. <laughs> What's the show, so, Thea? It's Thea, T-H-E-A. Fascinating. Stars Thea Vidal. This is another African-American sitcom. Yeah, had no idea. What channel was yeah, this on? Yeah, I did not know about it either. It was uh, ABC. ABC, and I believe that I read that it was the first sitcom named after an African-American right. star. You're right. Female star. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Which, pretty cool. Too bad it lasted most of one season. 19 episodes. Yeah. I watched a little bit of this. Uh-huh. And it's fun. It's cute enough. Like, it is... It, it was funny because I watched the pilot, and they do heavy pilot work of laying track. Oh, really? Where it's just like the first three... You talk about, like, in an improv scene, uh, first three lines are key, figuring out who you are, where you are, and what's going on. And this scene... Woman walks in. Thea Thea's a hairdresser. They, work, they walk into her hair salon. Uh, Thea says, uh, you know, hey, Judy. She says, hey, little sister. It's like, boom. Got it? Yeah. <laughs> we, we've got a relationship. We know where we are. And then there's just like this monologue. I didn't write it down. I should have. But they're just like, you know what, though, Thea? You're doing great. You're here. You've got your hair salon. You've got your kids. You're a widow. But that's okay. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> Uh, they just lay a lot of track that's very real funny. quickly and <laughs> the old brute force approach yes basically it was created and, by bernie kukoff yes good name yeah i don't know who that is i don't either thea oh wow okay 15 Thea's episodes of the cosby show yeah that sounds right uh different Thea's... strokes oh man created different the guy who created different strokes oh cool oh i always assumed Thea's... that was um Norman Lear, but I don't know why I assume that. I, I guess because it was on TV in the 70s. <laughs> yeah, there you yeah. go. Thea's catchphrase was, see ya, which sounds like, like it's hacky. Yeah. 
But I'm telling you, she did it in the episode, and I bought it. I'm like, I'm like, ooh, she might have invented Sia. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this uh, show creator also wrote one episode of another uh, old Mad About Mad About You favorite, the new Dick Van Dyke show. Oh, great. Yeah. That's pretty neat. This episode, the show also co-starred Brandy, Brandy Norwood, the actress and singer. Love Brandy. Yeah. You do love Brandy, don't you? Yeah, everyone knows that about me. <laughs> <laughs> know all her no, songs you're, you're, and big fan <laughs> and so yeah she was this is where she got her start especially on television before she became moesha right and it also co-starred a kid uh, as as another one of thea's children a kid named jason weaver and he came on you know the episode was happening i was like this is fine but it's pretty cookie cutter it's pretty standard Nothing's really jumping out at me. Uh-huh. It feels like every other family sitcom. Uh-huh. And then this kid comes on and he's like, he's the fun one. He's the troublemaker kid. Oh. And it's still, I'm like, this kid, again, I bought it. I'm like, who is he? This kid is electric. Right. Also, I'm like, he looks so familiar. Where does he, why is he ringing a bell for me? And I looked it up. And Jason Weaver also portrayed young Michael Jackson on The Jacksons, An American Dream, which is another Mad About Mad yes, About You it favorite. Is. So I think it's really funny that I'm just like, this kid's got it. He's a star. Wow. Who did he play? Michael Jackson. I was right. <laughs> we are really living through these times again. It's a lot. <laughs> So, yeah, as you said, the show got canceled after 19 episodes, and it had steadily declining ratings and viewers. Uh-huh. Now, I read on Wikipedia, this can't be right, but I th- i mean, I read it on Wikipedia, so how wrong could it be? Right. In its last week, the show got 16.8 million viewers. That seems like a lot. That's what I think, but that's what it said. That, isn't like, that like Did the I Super not Bowl? read things? I, I don't know. I'm not sure. This is what Wikipedia said. Because then I looked up, I was like, what did Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which is currently in its third season and that I love and which is a critical <laughs> darling, what did that do last week? And Oh, they had notoriously the low ratings though, I think. Yeah, that got 660,000 viewers. That's also crazy. Yeah. So yeah, either either the rating systems are skewed and have changed. Or I think they probably Wikipedia have, given that the media landscape has changed dramatically. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, it's on. You know, Crazy Ex Girlfriend is on CW, which wasn't a channel yeah. back then. But also, hashtag Bring Back Thea. Yeah, absolutely. Hashtag Bring Back Thea. Bring Back Thea. <laughs> yeah, you know, a Sinbad hour slash Thea. Uh, you know, Sinbad I show slash Thea hour. I'm Sinbad on board. Show. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, cool, baby. Hey, what was in the news? WNBC TV. This is News 4 New York with Chuck Scarborough and Pat Harper. Oh, baby. <laughs> Dateline. <laughs> do, 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 do. Go ahead. Officials say cut to subway violence on film. The New York City subway system is the setting of the chaotic chase in the French Connection, the train hijacking and the taking of Pelham 123, and countless other cinematic scenes of crime, is seeking a more pristine image by refusing to allow producers to film scenes in the subway that officials think are too violent. Hmm. Isn't that something? All right. We've been very successful in the last two or three years in reducing violence and increasing ridership, said Jared LeBeau, a transit authority spokesman. 
We want to protect our investment and increase ridership. We don't look fondly on projects that depict the system as being out of control. Although Mr. LeBeau and other transit officials say there is no written policy covering what kinds of scenes they'll allow to be filmed, he said, quote, We don't want bullets whizzing around subway cars. <laughs> we don't want bloody bodies strewn all over subway cars. <laughs> no, that doesn't reflect well. <laughs> oh, this is another great quote. Al Gallardo, the agency's director of government and community relations, said officials were particularly concerned with protecting ridership, which has finally begun to recover after years of decline. Quote, we don't want to create this image that the subways are not safe. He said, you don't want to have senseless violence, shootings, bombings in the subway system. That affects ridership. <laughs> hey, Al, they're not paying you enough. I agree. <laughs> Well, but here's the thing. This was 1994, right? So when was speed a thing? Yeah, but that was, was the that LA 95? subway system and the, the bus oh, system. Oh, you know what? That's right. That's yeah. true. LA can do whatever the hell they but want. But that was 94, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, rem I re remember, you know, that, that subway went off the, off the rails. It sure the end did. And, and but LA everybody... sucks, as we know. So Yeah, that's true. Jeffrey Hayes, I love this sarcastic comeback, producer of the television series Law & Order, heard of it which is filmed in New York, called the Transit Authority's move Curious. Quote, what else are you going to film there? A love story in the subway? Mr. No, there are only one kind. There's one kind of story you can film on the subway, and it involves <laughs> explosives and artillery. <laughs> Period. The end. I mean, yeah. Also, Law & Order, what else are you going to film on there? A money laundering scene? <laughs> Mr. LeBeau said transit officials recently declined to cooperate in a film about a mob chief who, unbeknownst to the authorities, is headquartered in the subway system. Mm. That sounds like an interesting movie. I like it. Quote, I love this, Mr. LeBeau says, it's such a fantasy. It suggests we don't know what's going on in the subway system. <laughs> 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 yeah, because people are really going to buy this. Quote, I know he would love to see a love story, a warm and fuzzy love story that takes place in the subway, Mr. Feinberg said to Mr. Klepper. Right. Who's Mr. Feinberg? Oh, the director of the governor's office for motion pictures and television development. Oh, <laughs> uh, all these never going to happen. Keep <laughs> dreaming. People don't fall in love on subways. Though, member of the Garys, Danielle. Oh, that's right. Of our old improv team, Danielle, met her yeah. boyfriend of like eight, nine years now on the subway. Yes, that's very so, true. You never know, Russ. That is bizarre. You know, Danielle, make that story, but good luck selling it. Yeah. <laughs> But the city will approve it immediately. <laughs> Dateline. Do, 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 do. Go ahead. Neighborhood report. At the intersection of obscurity and pride. Who is Nikola Tesla? Quote, some Polish man, suggested Ken Daisy, assistant manager of Longacre Copy Center at 80 West 40th. Quote, <laughs> never heard of him, said Bridge M. Bali, who runs the Bali newsstand across the way. Basically, there's a story about how all the different roads, you know how there's different roads Named after people? Yes. I don't know if you knew this, but the, the corner of uh, 40th and mm -hmm. Avenue of the Americas is called... Nikola Tesla? Yeah. Yeah, I I I see that sign all the time, and but I couldn't remember where it was. When you said where it was, I was like, yeah, that sounds right. But yeah, yeah I knew there was a Nikola Tesla street. Cool. I mean, you got... Uh, he joins a long list of people blessed with a piece of immortality through roadway namings, a tradition that has shed glory on such figures as... Uh, stop, me, stop me if you heard any of these... Seferino Vieira, okay. Ernie Otuso, and Rabbi Israel Mauschewitz. Nope. 
The tradition has also shed a measure of political ridicule on those responsible for the street naming, and now there are hints of a backlash. Hmm. The Community Board 5 turned activist on the subject after agreeing in 1991 to honor Tesla, who was sponsored by the Croatian New Yorker Club, which was very active at the time. Since then, the board has been on a mini-campaign to discourage seemingly parochial requests. Interesting. We're asking people to put up plaques on historic sites and save street names for great heroes who are dead, said Richard Sachs, a member of Board <laughs> 5. <laughs> Adding that on East 26th Street, even Mer even Herman Melville only has a plaque. <laughs> Is anyone else paying attention? Horrific street names are actually increasing. There were 31 horrific... Oh, honorific. I was... <laughs> I was inadvertently editorializing. Uh, there were 31 name changes. Nikola Tesla, this piece of garbage, gets a street named after him. Listen to all these. There were 31 name changes citywide last year, compared with 25 in 1992 and 11 in 1991. It's going up like crazy, Russ. This is a real problem. It's going I live just than a the few blocks rate. away. A few blocks away from me is uh, Vincent Gardenia Boulevard. I believe oh, really? In Brooklyn, yeah. You're part of the problem. Named after... Named after Mr. Mushnick himself. <laughs> in 1993, Board 5 approved no one. Whoa. So Board 5 is the Midtown one. Apparently, it's very hard. It has rejected as two locals, Sister Irene Fitzgibbon, who established the Foundling Hospital. They shut down the, quote, Fighting 69th Regiment, a National Guard unit. And Aline wow. Davis, director of the Gramercy Park Neighborhood Association. I think that one's probably okay. There's a lot of backlash right now. I've read because they're going. They're talking about changing the Tappan Zee Bridge. Oh, really? To I believe uh, Mario Cuomo Bridge. Ew. That's what a lot of folks are saying. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's it's uh, it's. I mean, look, I Mario Cuomo did a lot of good for the city. He did. But uh, Tappan. Basically, I think everybody's just like, A, I know it is Tappan Zee, and B, Tappan Zee sounds pretty cool. Yeah, Tappan Zee's fun to say. Yeah. That's also how I feel about Triborough versus Robert F. Kennedy Bridge. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Dateline. Do, do, do. Go ahead. I've been had. <laughs> if Robert F. Kennedy wanted a bridge named after him, he should have been named after three boroughs. <laughs> anyway, you've been had. <laughs> New Yorkers who like to think they don't scam easily have been known to snicker at the at the tourists, meekly following unlicensed cabbies to their unmetered rent a outside LaGuardia. They don't believe in $100 Rolexes, given only droll looks to strangers who claim they were just robbed and need $18 to get to Florida, and walk right on by the oftener sats nuns who panhandle in Grand Central. But even the most sophisticated urban paranoiac can be snookered. And is, with some regularity. This is called hubris, you stuck-up New Yorkers. <laughs> According to the city's Department of Consumer Affairs, which received more than 200,000 complaints last year. Uh, oh, my gosh. Many involve outright scams, like selling goldish chains, a few Ks shy of the real thing to teenagers forced to endure the igni... Ig oh, this word again. Oh, it's back. It's back. <laughs> I still can't say it. Mame wow. Again. Ignimity. Ig <laughs> <laughs> Ig ignominy. Ignominy, thank you. <laughs> of watching the next... Mad about, mad about you, word of the week. <laughs> Mame, Mame wow is ignominy. Here's one. Oh, a victim of fraud. Like a woman... Oh, this is funny. Others are disputes in which a customer may feel cheated, but isn't necessarily the victim of fraud. 
Like a woman who went shopping for a $69 turntable and bought a $649 system from a salesman who neglected to mention that the latest in listening enjoyment came without the turntable. So basically, it's a bunch of nudniks Great. calling and complaining about their lives. That's a boring story. (laughs) (laughs) Dayline. Go ahead. Neighborhood Report. Another one. Marketing the sex shop as neighborhood store. Hmm. How do you design this? Okay. You know that old joke, Russ? How do you design a sex shop for the Upper West Side? Uh, Very, very carefully. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) But to judge by the experience of Jerry Robkoff and Elise K. Braun, his wife, who didn't take his name, that may not be enough. (laughs) That would have been controversial in 94, I bet. For sure. On February 1st, the couple opened the doors of Naughty and Nice, a romance boutique in the basement of 212 West 80th. With demure window displays and emphasis on safe sex, promises to donate a share of profit to AIDS groups, a showroom layout that keeps the most explicit products farthest from the street, and a virtual corner on the market in the area they hoped for the best. I like it. The people here have a little more gusto for life. A sense of humor (laughs) about life, Mr. Robkoff said. We want to be a neighborhood store. But many in the neighborhood resoundingly objected. Picketing the store the weekend after the opening and collecting 2,000 signatures on a petition to have it closed oh, down. Man. The petitions and letters demanding zoning changes to keep similar stores out of residential neighborhoods was sent to Mayor Giuliani. Every time my children go out the door, the store is right across the street, said one neighborhood resident. I just find it offensive on a side street. I think it's out of place here. Mr. Robkoff and Miss Braun have two children, four and six, and they say they're not hurting young people since no one under 19 is allowed in the store. Well, there you go. And nobody has ever gotten into a thing below the legal age ever. Is this still a... Yeah, right. <laughs> One of the few other sex-related businesses in the area. <laughs> we we make sure that nobody gets in by doing exactly what internet sites will do in the future. Yes, which is we will have <laughs> yeah we will have somebody at the door saying, "Are you eighteen? And if they say yes, we let them <laughs> in. Apparently, there was a business called the Erotic Baker on Amsterdam in '89. Great. Oh, and it closed last July after 17 years in business. Tragic. Oh, but good news. The owner, Patrika Brown, who still runs a phone order business. So I guess you call and describe the uh, <laughs> scene. <laughs> Recalled protests. Protests when she opened in 1977. She hung a curtain in the window so no one under five feet tall can see in. Great. Yeah, you remember what, uh, yeah, all, the, all, the ki- all the kids running over to the, the bakery oh, to sure. get a, a little glance at the peep show. Well, we've spoken, have we spoken about the, like, the area of of old video stores where they had adult videos? I don't think we've spoken of this, no. Like, in my neighborhood, all the, like, they all, all the small indie video stores, they would have an area with adult videos, and in order to get, they were always divided by saloon doors. Yeah, right, right, right. So, like, if, I remember watching, like, old movies or shows, and if there were saloon doors, I'm like, this could either be a Western or there could be pornography back Yeah, whatever was always just the Western section. <laughs> and you had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> you were judging everyone that walked in but and I was, out. But I was dying to get back yeah. there. <laughs> Someday I'll be old enough to see all those Western. <laughs> hey, this is okay. So, uh, we get- by the way, everybody, everybody should also watch not a, neither a porn nor a Western, but they should watch the Mr. Show sketch called Mom and Pop Porno Shop which uh, is very similar to everything you just spoke about for an indie 
household own, a, a homemade porno shop, basically. It's an old sketch. It's very funny. It is, from what I hear. <laughs> this is from the FYI section. We haven't touched in with them in a while, huh? Oh. Checked in with them, I mean. Question. While walking along the north side of 14th Street, just east of 1st Avenue, that's my old block, and on parts of Houston Street, the tape in my Walkman comes to a dead halt, and I hear buzzing in my earphones. Hmm. What is this? And more important, what does it do to my body? Great. Also topical because of uh, the way tapes come into play in this episode of Mad About You. It's bees, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's the bees, man. <laughs> Answer. What you're prob- probably experiencing are electromagnetic fields. The combination of electric and magnetic fields from sources like power substations. In fact... There's a Conad generating station near the first location you mentioned. That is right. There you go. That's where the Transformers blew out during Sandy. Really? Oh, wow, yeah. Though a spokesman there said it was impossible to tell for sure if that is what is playing games with your tunes. Okay, so you don't know. You just say you don't know. You You can just say you don't know. (laughs) It sounds like I like that they're like, it sounds like it this. It sounds like this. We tried to verify it, but we couldn't quite. But it's probably this. Oh, this is interesting. Did you know you could smoke on the subway at one point? No, but I'm not shocked. Because this question you can do anything at the subway. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's true. This question says, "Where does the restriction on smoking start in the subway? Does it apply once you walk down the stairs, or as you pass through the turnstiles?" Boy, this guy really needs our nicotine fix, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It goes into they the. Pro- I mean, they probably want to know if it's cold. Can I go downstairs? Yes. And wait outside, or do I have? Where can totally. I go? Totally. Yeah. Fifty dollars. Fifty dollar fine starts at the top of the steps. <laughs> I thought. It sounded like you were saying like this guy was writing in, asking a question, and the responder was just like, $50. I'll tell you for $50. Yeah, she's starting to sell answers to the hard ones. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be 50 <laughs> Thank you, as always, Jennifer Steinhauer, for your insightful answers. Russ, that's all the news that's fit to print. I love it. It seems like we started with the most interesting ones inadvertently and got into the boring ones. That's just fine. I tried to do it the opposite and didn't realize what gold I had in the beginning. That's, hey, that's the, the nature of the game. Sometimes. Yeah, that's new. That's the news business. Yeah. Uh, hey, look, I'll bet you anything that we're going to have more to say and we're going to have more fun with the cold open. And as this episode progresses, by the end, we're just going to be like, uh, then, then, I don't know about that with this cold open. I think you're probably right. This cold open is not great, but let's hear it anyway. I thought you were going to buy cornflakes. No, they were all out. They had no cornflakes? No, I'm lying. Hey, do we still have bananas or did you finish them? Yes. Yes what? Yes, you finished them or yes, we have no bananas? <laughs> Can you explain it to huh. me? Sure. There was an old song, a novelty kind of song. Ah. Called Yes, We Have No Bananas Today. Okay. And I knew that. And then today I listened and read about it. It was uh, popularized by Louis Prima. So old, old song. Yes, we have no bananas today. Basically. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, the writer said that there was an old, uh, I believe a deli or a market that was run by a Greek gentleman. And he began all of his sentences by saying yes. Like whatever it was. Isn't that fun? So, yeah. yes, hello, how are you? Yes, right over here, come this way. And so then you got fun, strange, negative things like, yes, we have no bananas today. Yes. And that was the chorus. I don't understand. And... I'm joking. <laughs> One more time, Russ. <laughs> Give it back again. <laughs> so, yeah. So uh, oh, so they say he, he trips and says, yes, he trips into saying, yes, we have no bananas. And, and that's fun. 
Yeah, they are. They are just. It's just Paul and Jamie in the kitchen without cornflakes or bananas. Yeah, two kitchens in a row. Yeah, two kitchen cold opens in a row. It's the heart of the household. It always. That is true. At mm-hmm. least that's a, what a, my grandmama used to say. <laughs> you know who? You know where I think I first heard that phrase is uh, Billy Joel, and that is not a joke. Oh my gosh! I the assume anything video... you say with Billy Joel is not a joke. <laughs> that's true the video for we didn't start the fire they keep on flashing back to a lot of stuff happens uh at the kitchen table and you see a family kind of growing up and going into the future or whatever. Ah. and so yeah during the interviews about the video billy would be like the 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 how the heartbeat of the household the cornerstone was always the kitchen table oh, in my man. family that's it's true. the cornerstone yeah See, like so many other things that Billy Joel has bestowed upon us, that is true. Unbelievable. So, (laughs) Uh, this episode was directed. Nope. (laughs) Scene one. (laughs) This episode was directed by Mr. Tom Moore. Ring a bell? Yes, it does. Make it ring louder. I don't remember what other ones he's written. We also don't have (laughs) signature moves for him yet. Sure. Just a clean. Do you have a name? Clean storyteller. Oh wait, we don't have a we don't have I a think, name, do we? I think I could be wrong, but I think we call these episodes of Seinfeld. <laughs> who's who's because David Lynch? Tom because Moore, this is... TM, Transcendental Meditation, right. Jerry Seinfeld, Lynch. Big Practitioner. No, but David Lynch and Seinfeld. Well, okay, look. Did I say David, David Seinfeld? I I don't think you said David Seinfeld. I think you said Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, they but both are. If I never this is well, look, this is news to me that Jerry Seinfeld is a big TM guy. So if up until this point, if we called Thomas Moore anything re- regarding uh-huh. transcendental, transcendental meditation, we called him a David Lynch. You know what? We've what? definitely used the term with David Lynch, haven't we? Yes, it was definitely that. I don't think it was this. Uh, <laughs> 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 Yo, you're right. This is a David Lynch. A David Lynch. Yeah. It's a David Lynch episode of Seinfeld. Fine. <laughs> Russell was to the spit take, everyone. Uh, it's true. In this episode, What a Treat was written by the man himself, Paul Reiser. Mr. Paul Reiser. Mr. Paul Reiser. What do we call him? <laughs> you know what? Here we go. Paul Reiser, PR, public relations, Jamie Buckman, former public relations manager for Ferrar Gantz. We're going to call this, we're going to pa- call Paul Reiser episodes Jamie Buckman's. Why'd you go all the way to Ferrar Gantz and then come back to... Oh, well, just because just because we I wanted to clear up that that's where it was. But look, if we're going to call these... if We need to call Paul Reiser episodes Jamie Buckman's. Okay. I refuse to call them Ferrar Gantz's. Just because I went a little bit too far one My way. brain went to... Yeah, you went too Ferrar. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, you, you gets too Ferrar. You gets a bridge too Ferrar. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> okay. Boy, oh, boy. Well, so, we're having fun. Scene one. We are having fun. Scene one. Riffs. Takes place at Riffs. And Paul and Jamie are there. They are talking about Paul's documentary, which is, it has been named A Day at the Zoo. Not by him. Not by him, by his production company. By the which family Which is the family channel. network. Yeah. The family channel, yes. He has been hired to direct this. Because the real one is, this... what, the family network? Is that what it was called? Yeah, that's. I think or you're right, because I just called him the family network. Life. I'm not sure. I think the family, 
The family network, I think, is probably the real one. All I know is if you want a back-to-back rerun to Touched by an Angel, Scarecrow and Mrs. King, <laughs> Father Dowling <laughs> Mysteries, that was oh, the place man. to go. And now this is the place to go for all of that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, Paul does not like the title A Day at the Zoo. Yeah. But he's stuck with it. And Ursula comes by, and she is swatting at a fly. Uh. I did not like this bit. Me neither. It was silly. It was really Ur- forced. She every yeah, every her, time she appears in this scene, she's swatting at an imaginary fly. Yes, her her lines are nonsense and her jokes are not the best. But uh, yeah, they're they're subpar Ursula jokes. Oh, but you know what's fun? What's that? In trying to get the fly, she does smack Paul right in the head. Yes, that happened. That's the that's the end of the scene. That's the blow. So I guess that yeah. was worth it. It, it, they had to set this up for yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although it would have been great if they hadn't. If she just if came she by just later and just smacked him on the head. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to... So, oh, Paul says that to Jamie at one point, right? I'm going to smack you in the head. I, I'm sure she, he says that a lot. Or to Ira. <laughs> I think he says it to Ira. He probably says it to both of them. Uh, he's, Paul's been getting very violent the past few weeks. I yeah, feel like. violent and also tortured. Physically, yeah, yes, from very true beauty. as well. <laughs> Ouch! So, <laughs> oh, would you just uh, see a Playboy? I, <laughs> so Paul says of working at the Family Network and shooting this documentary, I can only shoot monkeys from the neck up. That's a pretty funny joke. Yes, that is great. A great little set. Also, <laughs> he's probably not used to having his hands tied like this. That's true too. You know, family channel. Yeah, I feel like he this normally is making has free reign. This is making some slight fun of these sort of wholesome media groups from the nineties, like focus on the family and uh Yeah. I think it's probably even a little bit more than slight. I think this is they are really uh taking him to task here. With one joke in the middle of a scene. <laughs> yeah, boom. Yeah. <laughs> Although, you know what? If this were to happen now, this would be big news. <laughs> yeah, probably. Mad about you. Takes, takes on. Well, yeah. Takes on the 700 Club. Yeah. It'd be like. <laughs> James Dobson says, yeah. I don't watch the show. <laughs> Though I do like that they're married. <laughs> Jamie is planning a decluttering project for the closet with the light that's always yeah. on. Someone was reading little. Kanda Banda Wanda. What's that book called? Uh, Marie Kondo? Thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. I know it was a She's... K. <laughs> Philosophies yeah, of the she... K are useful. That's not such a voice. But... <laughs> the, old, the old rule of comedy. <laughs> <laughs> so Paul does not want to help, but he can help clean up until five o'clock. And he really doesn't want to do it. But Jamie tries to make a case for it. Picture this. We pull everything out of the closet. It's all messy and dirty and sloppy and bad. And then we throw a bunch of stuff away. We put everything back in the closet, and it's all nice and clean and orderly and good. Hmm? You know you want to. Do you know, do you know that what you have is a sickness? It sounds pretty good. The way she talks about this. Yeah, who's Alan Sherman? Oh, Alan Sherman. I'm not sure if the clip included that. But oh, yeah, what were you going to say? It's okay. No, well, uh, just that she says, you know, hey, I can, you know, it'll be, it's all disgusting now, and then afterwards, it'll be all nice. Doesn't that sound nice? And it's just like, yeah, that sounds nice, but it would be nicer if it just happened, is basically, I'm sure, how Paul oh, thinks about really it. Oh, that really speaks to the difference between you and me, I guess. Why? What do you think? That didn't mean, I, I didn't feel anything until she threatened him. <laughs> <laughs> 
by threatening to throw out his records. <laughs> well, that comes. Yeah, that's suddenly when I was like, then... Jamie, help or Paul, help her, help her. Paul... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she threatens to throw away. She says, "If you don't help me, I'm going to throw away all your Alan Sherman records accidentally, and then you're going to get mad." He says, "Well, don't do that." And she says, well, help me. He says, some of those are autographed. <laughs> Alan Sherman yeah. is the old comedian who did Hello Mudda, Hello Fada. Oh. Yes. I. It's so, like, I know they are writing from their own experience. And maybe it's because, I don't know what it's because, but I'm like, isn't Paul Reiser too young to like Alan Sherman? His parents probably liked him. And you like, what your par- why do you think I like Jackie Mason? Because I saw him when I was a kid on TV. You, you know what? You're 100% Why do you right. like Victor? Well, and actually, I'll- that is why you like Victor Borger, though. <laughs> That's why I like Victor Borger. No, I just like Victor Borger from those commercials. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. So then Ursula comes by because Jamie makes her because they've been charged for pancakes that they did not order. They go back and forth. Say they were going, they split a bowl of oatmeal. Yeah. Which is... Adorable. You think? I think it's kind of gross. Why? They're, hey, Russ, they're yeah. married. I know they're married. You you would you would order one bowl of oatmeal to split between the two of if you? If you didn't want oatmeal to be your main thing when you want a little taste of oatmeal, yeah. Then somebody gets the oatmeal and somebody else gets a, a spoonful or two and that's it. They wanted a two-course breakfast. <laughs> you know, you've put me in my place. Yeah. Have I? <laughs> Because I'll keep going I mean, if I have that's it. Because a... <laughs> on this, there's well, no negotiating. <laughs> oh, so then we cut to the next scene. We go back to the apartment, and Lisa is over. And she is, oh, she's getting Jamie's fishbowl. She's excited about yeah, it. Yeah, she's going to get fish and probably kill them. Yes. <laughs> Paul is watching TV. He says, I'll tell you something, there would have never been a RoboCop 2, let alone 3, if they had called the first one a day at the zoo. <laughs> he hates this title and won't let it it's go. Haunting him. You know how he gets about his art? Yeah, I do. He's very protective. Very protective. Lisa asks Paul for Jamie's coat. Lisa comes over. She's holding Jamie's coat. She says something, which turns out to be, can I have this? Yeah. It sounded a little bit muffled to me. Right. And Paul kind of just, as he's watching, says, yeah, sure. She puts it on. Jamie comes out and says, what, what are you doing? She says, Paul gave it to me. Jamie looks at him and says, oh, like I'm paying attention. Well, yeah, we find out that it's, yeah, Jamie's like brand new coat. Yes. <laughs> Jamie asks Paul if he's going to help. He says, are you going to help? And he says, uh, I'm... <laughs> Paul basically is planning on watching all of the tapes. So they can return This is how them he's helping. Yeah. I've got all the these shelf. tapes. I'm going to watch them so we can return them and clear the shelf yeah. off. Which, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> says, I don't even believe what I just said. Yeah, I did. Sure. Yeah, that's valid. We, I, I've done that. We've done that with TiVo. Oh, sure. Where it's just like, we've got to do a decluttering project. We have to watch. We, we're being productive right now. We're watching... <laughs> television so that we can clear off TiVo. That is psychotic. I once did. Here's a fun little story about me feeling productive and being not productive. Years ago, a friend of mine knew somebody who knew Bob Dylan, and he was given the task of downloading all of Bob Dylan's favorite songs 
from his iPod of backing up all of his favorite songs. And so my friend made, uh, or my friend received CDs. Wait, he CDs. was friends with Bob Dylan or like his personal yes, assistant? Yes, he, he may have been an assistant. I apologize. I, otherwise, yes. what kind of friend? So yeah. Hey, you know, Russ, Bob you're Dylan my friend, talking... right? Clean my toilet. <laughs> Better still, who are Bob Dylan's friends? Whereas Bob Dylan has like famous, famous, famous friends, I'm sure. Yeah, right. So right. he's saying hey, to Mick. Tom Petty. Yeah. Hey, hey, Tom Petty. You can see my iPod. Back up my song. Would you mind? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so my friend gets a hold of four CDs, which is basically, hey, here's all of Bob Dylan's iPod. Wow. And he burned these CDs and gave them to me. Wow. Yeah, really cool. And the thing about Bob Dylan, what Bob Dylan listens to is a lot of it, it's just like, oh, uh, these are old folk songs. Right. Or these are all, you know, these are recordings from the 30s and 40s and 50s that, you know, it's B-sides oh, that's what I from like. old records and stuff. And so I'm like, oh, I don't, okay, so I don't cool. know what these songs are. <laughs> I don't know what these songs are. I don't know who's singing and there's no way to look it up. And a lot of them also are instrumentals. And there's, oh, it's, it's wow. almost impossible to look that up. And then Shazam happened. Yeah. So then, so what I did once oh, was I know what you did. I spent a day yeah. playing each through one. each track and writing down this track is called this, written by this person. And I did that for four CDs. That's amazing. I was I was out and about when I did it the first time, so I just wrote it out freehand. And then I went to my computer and put the CDs in and typed it all into iTunes so that I could have it on my actual Russ, that's iPod. that's great. But it's nothing. It was... <laughs> I felt like I'd accomplished something by the end of it. Wow, you're really took, putting a lot of things in perspective. It took hours, and I was just like, oh, great job, Russ. You've effectively labeled all of the songs from Bob Dylan's iPod. This was a day well spent. <laughs> wow, that's true. Well, here's what I was going to say. Here's what I'm proposing. Yes. <laughs> you're a friend of mine, right? Yep. So do this task. <laughs> Go on Spotify okay. and make a Bob Dylan's iPod playlist. Hey, uh, you know what? I've got to keep it under wraps. Really? Can't I can't tell people what he listens to. Really? What if, he, what if it got back to him and he was embarrassed? Will you send me screen caps? Yeah. I also don't know what... I also don't have a Spotify account. But I yes, do. I will send you screen caps. Great. Can I make this playlist? We'll talk. Okay. I'll call <laughs> it something else. <laughs> yeah. I'll call it Bob Billings. Call, call it Billy Joel's playlist. <laughs> Billy Joel's iPod. So yes, because I would love to line. listen to this playlist. Yeah, it's 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 pretty neat. Yeah, I love old folks stuff. I mean, I uh, you know my Spotify is crazy. I believe it. I got old hymns in there. I got old World War One songs. I love. Sure. World War One. Yeah. Not even World War Two. Not even. Not even. World War Two songs are banging, and you're just like, no, no, no. Yeah, I, like I like the old the... stuff. Well, they're catchy though. Sure. Praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. Praise <laughs> the Lord and pass the ammunition. You know that song? I do. Praise the Lord and pass the ammunition, and we'll all be free. Oh my God, you're the best. So Paul, Paul stops Jamie from throwing away a piece of wood. Oh, I love that. <laughs> it's great. This, my friend, should... is a piece of wood. Yeah, I could potentially build something with this. You want a summer home or not? Uh, 
Very funny. The potential. <laughs> Every city guy wants the possibility of being able to build something with his hands. Right. Yeah. They won't, but they yeah, want to be able to. Because they don't to. really want to. I don't want to. Right. But I oh, want no, no, to no. want to. I want to want to. Yeah. <laughs> Lisa is hungry. Paul and Jamie are not. And so, they just ate. Yeah, they just ate. So they retire to their bedroom where they are going through the closet. And there are several piles that Jamie has created. Of save, storage, goodwill, and Paisley. Yeah, it's funny. Which she doesn't want to talk any about. Yeah. It's also funny. And I'm like, yeah, Paisley would be a pile for these guys. Well, no, would it? Do they wear more Paisley than I remember? I I feel like if they don't, they would have. I feel like five years prior, they oh, would have both right. had Paisley faces. Oh, we learn a little more about the couple before the show starts. Mm-hmm. Real Paisley mm-hmm. heads. Real pill heads. <laughs> Real pill Pays heads. Pays They're heads. both big Prince fans. Pays heads. Pays heads. Head. Pays heads. <laughs> you love her, you pays head. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> so, Jamie is throwing away Paul's bull worker. Yes, I looked this up. So did I. It's a yeah, tension a, rod. Basically, yeah. it, is a, yeah, it is an exercise device that works in two different ways. You can, uh, yeah, it's a tension-based, tension so you squeeze it, and it provides resistance, or you pull on it, and it provides resistance. And I watched a, <laughs> there, there are a lot of resistance, baby. <laughs> but it's funny because there's, I watched a two-minute video to show how it works, uh-huh. and it's not complicated. Right. And it's not really very helpful, I don't think. Right. But it's been around since the 60s. That's amazing. Yeah. And the guy who's... Like who there's you know there's a young fit dude who is demonstrating it, mm-hmm. and there's the older salesman who's telling him what to do. Ah, so it's just ah. like you know show him this, and you know oh wow look at the back, look at the back here, everything's activated. Do this, oh look at the front here, everything's activated. You can't do this with dumbbells or barbells. You can't, you know, uh, basically that's all he keeps on saying. You can't do this with a dumbbell or a barbell. Yeah, that's right. his big thing. And he's right. But for the most part, but also just like, yeah, well, there are other things. There are other fitness. Well, Russ, I think. Equip- there's more fitness equipment. I think these, like most fitness devices, these, if, if people are into fitness, these mm-hmm. are incredibly useful. <laughs> and if people are not, they're incredibly useless. <laughs> sure. One thing, but here, look, I hear what you're saying. The last thing that he says, though, is he's like, yeah, now put one end in your hand and the other end on this bench and show him how to do crunches. And he does a crunch, uh-huh. like sitting with this thing. And the guy goes, can't do that with a dumbbell or a barbell. He's like, no, you do that on the floor. It's a yeah. crunch. What the hell <laughs> are you talking about? You can do it about? with the, the earth and <laughs> gravity. <laughs> Exactly. This guy is taking advantage of people and their dumbness. Well, it's a great uh, fitness device for space, for outer space. (laughs) That's true. If you don't have a floor, (laughs) you can use this. So, yeah, Jamie's going to throw away Paul's bull worker, which is still in the box. Paul wants to keep it. And he says, well, if you're going to throw away the bull worker, I'll throw away your pom-poms. And she says, no, I need those to cheer you on while you use your bulwarker. Yeah, was Jamie a cheerleader? If she was, she's a bad one, as we'll find later. Yes, in the tag. But also, hard to imagine. I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm not sure what the deal is. (laughs) You know, they're... I could see if you go to an event, sometimes you get you get pom poms at the door. That's what I'm thinking. You go to a football game. Yeah. Hey, remember how she was going to go to grad school? I was thinking about that. 
Are we going to yeah, talk about I'm that like, at some point? In the- <laughs> no, we haven't had a we haven't had a hey, what's Jamie's future episode in a while. I definitely remember her going. I'm sure she will. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. Everyone, it's coming up. Hold, hold yours. It's coming. You know what though? We're at what is this? Uh, yeah, this is episode 18. Yeah, we've got four or five episodes left for this season. True. So if it's going to happen, we may have Better to wait until soon. next season. <laughs> so Jamie finds a tape in the closet. That is a clarinet. Is this the tape? Yes. This is the tape? Yes, that is the tape. I thought you were going to throw this out. I did. I threw it out all the way in the back of the closet. Yeah. You told me you burned this. Oh. I, well, obviously, I didn't. Somebody could have seen this. Oh, hey, I'm on there, too. My God. I'll give you $1,000 to stop hitting me. <laughs> I thought you said you threw this out. Paul and Jamie made a porno. Mm-hmm. How about it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, those two. Oh, those two kids. That's the, the joys of dating a filmmaker. Sure. Well, look, at the time, it was this is the sort of thing you could only do with a filmmaker. Yeah, right. And now most people are just like, yeah, I've got a phone. You ready to do this? Oh, yeah. This plot couldn't exist. With, uh, just another plot that couldn't exist with cell phones. Right. <laughs> well, cell phones and also current opinions on things like this a lot i feel like a lot of people just went oh yeah you, t- you take yourself oh, i take myself everybody's taking this <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah this is a novelty this is first base yeah like, at this point they just be like what are we doing with a tape <laughs> <laughs> yeah paul says we did it one time and we were young and foolish jamie wants to throw this thing away she's saying it's wrong Paul says, why is it wrong? Jamie says, because my hair was in between lengths, yeah. which is a really funny reason. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, like, I feel like that is, who wrote this episode again? Oh, Paul, Paul did. I feel like that, like that episode, that line feels like it came from a, uh, a woman. Oh, well, Am 100%. I wrong? And this is maybe the first joke like that. Ever? On the show? That I'm, that I'm just like, that's from a woman's perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it would never occur to us. Uh-uh. Yeah, so Paul wants to watch it. Jamie wants it destroyed. They wrestle around on the bed, and that's when Lisa enters. And she wants to know what's on the tape. And Lisa says, can we watch it? Paul and Jamie both say no. Lisa says, what's on it? Paul says, nothing. And then Lisa plays it cool, saying, it's fine. I already know. I just don't want to discuss it at this time. And she walks out a little bit and says, it's me, isn't it? And Paul and Jamie both just say, yes. Yeah. Trying to pass that buck. Yeah, yeah. You're not in love with this. No. I'm not in love with the next few minutes. Okay. Well, oh, in, in, yes, I, I agree with you. So that's how we go to commercial. Yeah, we go to commercial we, also. So the whole Lisa being hungry thing. Yes. They're like, you go get food then. Riffs is right down the street. Right. They they do a lot of work. For on nothing. Fo- on following Lisa. Yeah. Just where all we need to know is Lisa leaves. Yeah. Like, that's all that happens. Because then Lisa, we come back from commercial and we have Lisa going to Riffs to pick up to go, yeah. to go food. And we get this weird bit where Ursula thinks that Lisa is a, a, a man that they knew named Gary who has had gender reassignment surgery. Right. And it's four lines. Yeah. And then, and then that's, that's it. it. <laughs> and I'm just like, we don't need this. This is weird. It certainly wouldn't fly now. I wrote, this was, all caps, FILLER. Yeah. It's filler. It's transphobic. It's it's not great. It's not transphobic. <laughs> it's not the best. 
No, well, but at the same time, Ursula is very supportive. She, that's true. She's, you know, well, yeah, she's not nailing the pronouns, I guess, but, you know. Right. And she's not, you know, they are using, I mean, look, they're using gender reassignment surgery as a punchline. Oh, that's very true. Yeah. <laughs> look, in, in that very obvious, broad respect, yes, this is. But that in the is specific what way doing. that Ursula deals with it. Oh, sure. Pretty chill. She's, she's, she's pretty chill, yes. So then we cut back to the apartment where Jamie wants to know if Paul threw out the tape because he is coming back from the incinerator. Throw it out? Yes. The incinerator? You bet. Do you think we should have? Oh, it doesn't really matter because it's too late. Maybe we should have watched it first. That's what I said. You didn't want to. I know. So? I know. All right, so, you know, you tell me to throw something out, throw it out. But now, and correct me if I'm wrong, you wish you still had it, don't you? I kind of do. Yeah, all right, here. You didn't throw it out! I like this a lot. Does this go through him saving it? Yes. The response to that, they give the audience and Jamie both give Paul like a hero's response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For having not thrown away the tape. I love how in tune the audience is with every emotional beat of the show. Always. Yeah, yeah. They're really on board. <laughs> so they decide to watch it one time. And Jamie goes, she closes the curtains. And she goes to sit down and Murray is on the couch. Someone could see. Oh, you're absolutely nuts. Hey! Now, Murray. Murray, go on, get in the other room. What do you think? He's all comfortable there. I don't think you should see this. Oh, Murray, go on. Go get the mouse! Get the mouse! There's no mouse. Oh, a good old mouse callback. Get the mouse! Yeah. This is the first time first it's been one. called back. That's right. I was very happy to see this. Didn't hear again. the thud as hard as I wanted to. I liked it. I liked it just right. All right, fair enough. I enjoyed. <laughs> For me, the thud was a little soft. <laughs> You're gonna give a run, run seven, thud three. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> run seven, thud three. Who doesn't love a chorus line? So dogs and mice. <laughs> uh, for those who don't know what's going on, it's a reference to the chorus line number. Dance, dance seven looks look, three. Dance ten looks three. That's right. Yeah. Also known um, as tits and ass. Also, yes. You know an old story, but you know why it's called Dance Ten Looks Three? Because you couldn't write that in the. No. You can write tits and ass in the program? Because they wrote it and the song was di dying on stage. Really? Yeah, the audience wasn't reacting and they realized it was because they were giving away the whole punchline in the name of the oh, song. Oh, yes, 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 yes. That's right. That's funny. <laughs> That's great. So Paul confesses to Jamie briefly that he almost watched the tape the weekend before. Because, uh, yeah, they're saying, uh, Jamie says, have you watched this? And he says, no, I almost did last weekend when you were out with your grandmother doing the thing with your grandmother. Yeah. But I didn't. <laughs> and he's like, I didn't. Instead, I fell asleep. And then they start to watch the tape. When, when you, 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 you were away, and remember I was trying to finish the zoo film. I was working to finish it. Because remember I was really iffy about that section with the possum. So as I was up all night, you know, the possum in, possum out, possum in, possum out. So, and I was just cranky and I was exhausted and I was, I was missing you. So that's when I got our tape and I put on our tape and I thought, I said, no, you know. So I took out our tape and I took a nap. And th that's and that's that's when the messenger guy came to pick up the zoo film and and, and, and he was tall he was just tall you know and he's standing he's waiting he was kind of surly so I, I I took the box I shoved it in the box and I gave it to him and now 
I'm standing here and I realize it's funny. I got the, I got the box I got the box to, to our tape, but the tape to a day at the zoo, which means the Family Network has a box to a day at the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> a classic tape mix-up also a classic anytime they do audio for something on the tv it is so <laughs> funny to me <laughs> but can you imagine paul buckman at buckman studios cutting together <laughs> any film resembling what we hear no like, are you sure it's the name of your documentary that's causing the issue? <laughs> it's like, it sounds to me like this is a day at the zoo. Yeah. You were talking a lot about possum. Yeah. <laughs> what would a day at the what day at the zoo would be complete without a visit to the possum family? <laughs> and yeah, and then she panics. Oh, this is a four clapper. They both freak out. This is a four clapper, yeah. Yeah. A lot of freaking out. So from there, we go to commercial. Uh, then we get another great scene with Lisa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lisa comes back to the uh, apartment. Holding and the smallest like, bag of takeout yeah. food I've ever seen yeah. in my life. I don't know what she got. Like, what, you get a Danish from Rivs? <laughs> and she... Why did... It's... When you come back from commercial, coming back from and going to commercials, I feel like those should be the important moments, the things that hook you into the episode. Right. Well, coming back, back. who cares? Hey, come back. The episode's back on. The show's back on. And we're just getting this lukewarm, Lisa goes to riffs. Lisa comes back from riffs. This time she goes into the bedroom. She's looking for Paul and Jamie. They're gone. She's like, oh, well, that's rude. She goes and looks for them under the bed. Murray stops by her, 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 the bedside, and she says to Murray, where are they? Fine, I know where they are. Yeah, I don't know what, what's going on with this. Uh, it's so troubling. There we, it's troubling. You're, you, yeah, this, every now and again, Lisa gets a little bit too weird. I'm like, you thought they were under the bed? Ah! Uh. From there, we cut to the family network offices. Family and channel. The family channel, yes, I apologize. And the executive, <laughs> the executive is confused by what he sees and by Paul and Jamie's presence there. Yes, the executive. Character name is Roy Osterbat. Nope. Character nope. name is Norman Lark. Uh-huh. Actor name. Do you know this guy? I do know. I, I can't remember where I know him from, but he is a classic every yes, guy. He's a, yes. He's a perfect, perfectly recognizable character actor. Yes. Named Kenneth Tigar. T-I-G-A-R. Yes. He was in one of my favorite movies, Conspiracy Theory, starring... That's probably what it was. Conspiracy Theory is a good one. It is, isn't it? Yeah, it's really good. He plays a character named Lawyer, though, so it couldn't have been that big. <laughs> you know? Named Lawyer? Yeah. Oh, another... Wow, he's worked with uh, Mel Gibson a lot. Lethal Weapon 3, like Lethal a good Weapon guy. 2. Oh, he was on four reps of House of Cards. Cool. Oh, he was... I couldn't... Huh? I couldn't I couldn't place where I knew him best from. Oh, he plays Himmler in uh, Man in the High Castle? I don't know that one. You know, that's that Nazi show on Amazon. Where if Himmler, Himmler the gave war. that away, but sure. Oh, he was an alpha. Oh, wow. This guy does a lot of Amazon TV, too. Boy, this guy is all over the place. Yeah, dude works. Yeah, and X-Files. Of course, my girlfriend would be into this. I bet she knows Great. him. Dr. Plant. I don't know. Dr. Robert Plant from Led Zeppelin? <laughs> No. no. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Oh, and a Murphy awesome. Brown. 
Great. A light red of Murphy sure. Brown. <laughs> so And a little Broadway, my friend. Oh, yeah? Did you see Fish in the Dark, the Larry yes. David play? Yes. Well, then you might have seen Mr. Kenneth Tigar playing a character named Harry Cantor. Interesting. Yeah. I'll have to check my, my playbill. When did you see have. it? Do you remember? I saw it with Jason Alexander. Uh, so after the changeover. When was the changeover is the question? I think I feel like Jason Alexander did it for maybe three months, the end of the run, something like that. I'm not sure. Wow. Jason Alexander is not listed on IBDB. Isn't that weird? That's very As weird. As being a, a part Tony of that award. play. Oh, okay. But that's still weird. Yeah. Did you see it with Rita Wilson? Oh, that doesn't matter. Hey, you know what? No, no. Rita Wilson left the show and was replaced by uh, Glenn Headley, who has since passed away. Oh. Yeah. Uh, also, who cares if you saw it with him or not? He was in it. I don't. And that's fun. Great. <laughs> also, play called Translations. Oh, great. Yeah. So he's a little Broadway actor, and he's got a couple off-Broadway credits. Cool. That's the cat feeder going off. Just noises left <laughs> and right. <laughs> anyway, he's very funny in this scene. He's great. Because it's, it's a very simple scene, but, he, you know, mm -hmm. he's just... That's the thing about he, a good character actor. He gives exactly what the scene needs. He's just... He's very straight manny. But plus a he little extra. Needs, little flavor. Yeah. He, yeah. Little flavor. He needs to be there. He needs to be there while, the, while these two lunatics spiral out, which is yeah. what they do. Jamie says, I've never done this before, even in college in Nantucket. I stayed in the cabin when they went skinny dipping. <laughs> and then Paul explains, like, how sex is natural. <laughs> As though he were talking to a child. Yep. And they get the tape back from him. And he says, Mr. and Mrs. Buckman, it's been enlightening. And they start to leave the office. And that's when Jamie looks at the tape. Robocop 2? Oh, God. What? When you were away, I rented like eight movies, like Robocop 2 and seven others that you would hate. It's at the video because, store? Because, hey, you were away, you know, but the next day I hadn't watched any of them. So after the messenger left, I thought, you know, I better return them. Otherwise, it's going to be like $1,200. It's at the video so, store? So I just shoved them all in the boxes, and, then, and now I went right down to the video. It's at the video store! Oh, my God! Oh, my God! Oh, my God! Oh, they've done it again. It is very funny to imagine that scene from the man's perspective being all about RoboCop 2. <laughs> yes, it is. All the things they're yes, saying it is. as they pertain to RoboCop 2. <laughs> oh, RoboCop 2 has been rented instead. And so, since they've got RoboCop 2, it's now time to go back to the video yeah, store. Yeah, we know where they got RoboCop. The weird video and... store. It was funny because I, uh, I I was looking, I was trying to find out what Lawrence Tigar was from. And in my, as I checked things out, as I was watching the episode for the first time, I click on the episode link and I was just like, oh, is that Ryan Stiles? Ryan Stiles is in this? Oh, wait, no. <gasps> and then I look up and we're in the video store. I'm like, we're in the video store. Yeah, baby. <laughs> so, yeah, we get to the video store and Dutch is there. Steve Pamer is back. Finally. Ryan Stiles is back. Yep. Steve Pamer starts quoting from the Pope of Greenwich Village. Gr village? Yeah. That's a better way to say that word. Have you seen that? I've never seen it. I have not either. I've always wanted to. Yeah? Yeah. Eric Roberts is a star. Oh, as we find out. Oh, and Mickey yep. Rourke. Daryl Hannah. Geraldine Page. Okay. It sounds intense. I think it's extremely intense. Oh, two cousins unknowingly rob the mob and face the dangerous consequences. Yikes. It's a classic, Which... I think, like mid-budget New York, like kind of indie 80s movie sure it yeah sounds pretty violent since steve pamer does a, a an impression of a guy who has had his thumbs taken i feel like this is something and this is based on nothing but i'm like is this one of his bits 
<laughs> it could be. Like where they're at a party, they're like, Steve, Steve, do Pope, do, do Pope. Do Pope. Could be. Since in his first episode, they did, had him do a Larry from the Three Stooges. Oh, that's definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. You think they just start with the, the impressions and work their way backwards with him? Well, I feel like he do, he might do these in the, while they're writing for a yeah. joke, and then they're like, okay, let's put it in. Right. So, yeah, Steve Pamer starts doing his impression from the Pope of Greenwich Village, and Ryan Stiles comes in and hates this. And he always hates these bits that he does, and he sends him to Hanratty's in order to get eggs. To what? To get eggs. He says, go to Hanratty's. Hanratty's, which is the local, I guess, deli or diner or just bodega. That's so specific. Yeah. He says, go to Hanratty's and get eggs. And Steve Bamer says, do you want cooked eggs? Or And he says, eggs. Hanratty's. Very, yeah. Very strange. Hanratty's don't know what restaurant. Kind of eggs. Okay. In East Harlem? That's a that's a schlep. Yeah. between Well, no. not Well, unless they change where Harlem is. <laughs> the restaurant Second Avenue between 91st and 92nd. Okay, it's a jazz club. Interesting, isn't that weird? Yeah, that is weird. You know, that's a coincidence. I don't know because it's such it a specific be. name, but it has nothing to do with what he's saying. It could just be a fun name. Yeah. So yeah, they are they are trying. Paul and Jamie are trying to find out where the movie is, where the tape currently is. And Paul says, well, you know, it's for her. She's seen RoboCop 1 and 3, and she's left hanging on until she sees the second one. <laughs> so Paul, well, Ryan Stiles is not going to tell them. This is all another Seinfeld. Seinfeld bit. That's right. Yep. George wants to know who rented Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yep. And that came after this episode, I believe. I believe you're right. And so Paul brings Ryan Stiles over, says, step into my office, and he offers him money. How much How much is this information going to cost me? And Ryan Stiles says $237 because he needs snow tires. Yeah. And as they're doing this little transaction, Jamie looks at the computer, finds out the address, and they leave. Very clever. Oh, and on the way out, Paul tries to rent Robin in the Seven Hoods. Yes. <laughs> because I guess it must be hard to find. I guess. He's very excited about this. Do you know this. what that movie is? I do not. It is right up my alley. It's a Rat Pack movie. Oh, really? In Chicago during the... I would Pro- not have guessed that. Huh? I would not have guessed that. I know. In Chicago during the Prohibition, two rival gangs compete for control of the city's rackets. Cool. Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., Bing Crosby, Peter Falk. This is your movie. I mean, my gosh. <laughs> Reminds me of the old uh, Ocean's Eleven. That used to be my favorite movie yeah. as a kid. Oh, you'd seen it back then? What do you mean? Do you what did you just say about Ocean's Eleven? Yeah, it used to be my favorite movie as a kid. So you saw what you saw the original Ocean's Eleven like before they did the remake? Yeah, baby. That remake was wow. a travesty. Wow. I've never watched it. <laughs> <laughs> That's not why, because I love Steven Soderbergh. But oh uh, yeah, I used to be a huge fan. And it's always been crazy to me that they never released a soundtrack when you got some of the greatest singers of that era all over it. I didn't know that. I've never seen the original. Oh, it's great. There's a yeah. there's a theme song. You got Sammy Davis Jr. singing EO Eleven. Oceans Eleven. <laughs> eleven Oceans. Let's name the oceans. It's also fun to watch a heist movie from the sixties because it's a, a genre that's very contemporary, but they're using sixties technology and they pull it off. Yeah. Like did they rob the casino on New Year's Eve in the new one? No, it was the night of a big fight. They do it in the old one on New Year's Eve. At Although midnight. you know what? I'm it might. I'm trying to remember. It's the night of a big fight, but I also. It may also be like there's a reason that this night the casino is going to have more money than they ever do, 
It's like a big fight, right? And uh, maybe Christmas or a hol- or maybe New Year's Eve, something like that. Well, the reason they and, do it yeah. at New Year's though is because partly they do it at midnight because their plan is to cut the power. Oh, all right. And it's a chaotic party time. Sure. So, and also, I think they're thinking people won't notice immediately necessarily. I I don't know. I haven't seen a long yeah. time. That doesn't make sense, actually. <laughs> I think you notice if your casino went down power wise. Uh, probably. Yeah. Well, there's. I'm sure. I'm sure they. I'm sure they thought of it. They're professionals. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Love so the video we, store. Yes, we cut from the video store. Uh, we go to commercial, I believe, and when we come back, we are going to the strange apartment. <sighs> Apartment 6J, and Paul Paul arrives, he says, 6J, Roy Osterback, and here's what doing this podcast has done to me. Yes. When he says 6J, Roy, Oster, Roy Osterback, I think, who is that? Who's Roy Osterback? Is that a reference? Is, is he a famous 6J? What does that mean? Wait, is he what not? Do, what kind of connection oh. does, when he says 6J is Roy Osterback, was he like, was he an athlete or a musician? I jumped Is there ahead something that connects it? And was waiting for and, you to tell me what the connection was. Oh, well, great. Because I Googled it. Oh. Yeah, I Googled Roy, o- Roy Osterback 6J. <laughs> and the first three things were the Mad About You episode called The Tape. <laughs> And that's when it dawned on me. I said, oh, this character's name is Roy Osterback. (laughs) Roy Osterback lives in apartment 6J. That's why he said it when he got to the apartment. Not everything is an Easter egg. Just watch the television show, Russ. To be fair, it's a show with a lot of Easter eggs. (laughs) So it's okay. Well, good. I appreciate you. You're a good friend. So speaking of which, says, would you mind uh, picking up <laughs> picking up some milk? Paul says to Jamie, "What if he recognizes us?" Jamie says he won't. And then Paul has this amazing thing where he says, "When I was in the seventh grade, my friend Joel's father had a deck of cards with dirty pictures on them. And then years later, I was on the First Avenue bus and I saw a lady I could have sworn was the Seven of Clubs." Yeah, I think you don't like that. I think that is a great little bit. I do too. The specifics in that really kill me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The First Avenue bus. My friend Joel's father. Joel. Joel. He Have ate we, conch. Uh, yes, we've heard about right? Joel yeah, before. Yeah, we've heard about Joel. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder if we meet Joel at any point. I doubt it. <laughs> so Jamie knocks on the door, and we meet Roy, and Roy is oh. very outgoing. What's up, buddy? Not a Roy fan. No. It's crazy. It's crazy. Roy's crazy. Everyone, hey, yeah. everyone, Roy's like an outgoing crazy guy <laughs> who's like dying for any company of, of a stranger and Absolutely. invites them in, tries to make them food, doesn't care who they yeah. are. You get it. Yep. You get yep. it. Yep. Yep. Hey, come in. I'm just making some lunch. Hey, you guys want something to eat? And Paul and Jamie just want the tape back. And he does a fine job. Don't get me wrong. What's his name? Do we know? Oh, yeah. It's uh, Perry Anzalotti. Okay. He's been in a million things. Great. Another character actor. Oh, he was in Seinfeld. Oh my gosh. Do you Who remember the movie Seinfeld? episode? Probably. Where they're all trying to see a movie? Yeah. He's the usher. Okay. Yeah. Also, he's in a bunch of other crap. Do <laughs> 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 you remember that episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm with the waiter captain? Yes. Who, yes. who wants a tip? He's the captain. Okay. Great. Yeah. I think he does a fine job with this. He does a it's great just, job, a, I think. It's just it's annoying. An annoying. Yeah. Yeah. An annoying dude. Yeah. Paul and Jamie, they just want the tape back, and he is offering them TV dinners. Turkey, veal, Salisbury steak. 
veal TV dinner. That's disgusting. That's kind of funny. <laughs> and uh, Paul had, does have interest in Salisbury steak. Which is yes, first, yeah. It sounds like Paul's dream day would be to have a Salisbury steak TV dinner and watch Robin and the Seven Hoods. Yeah, that's a pretty good day. Yeah. <laughs> so he says, "Yeah, we're replacing says, steak in a B job day." <laughs> <laughs> I'm mad about I'm mad about you. A Salisbury steak and a Robin of the Seven Hoods day. <laughs> So Roy says he's not going to trade tapes. He likes this one, he says. And Jamie says Jamie says to Paul, Bill, why don't you get the tape out of the machine? Bill, and he's uh, Paul is not picking up that his pseudonym his pseudonym is Bill for this. No, he's not. Uh, <laughs> you're like because it doesn't have to happen. Yeah. Why are they using aliases? I get it. It's part of the fun of the scene. Yes. Jamie points out that tape's being recalled. And Roy responds to that by saying, hey, you guys want a Charlotte Russe? John is rubbing his eyes. His glasses are off. He is rubbing his face. Isn't Charlotte Russe a shop at the mall? Like a clothing Absolutely. shop? Absolutely. Yep. It's clothes. I don't know what this could be. <laughs> but I also like, I, I, I had to verify online. I was just like, is it a drink? Is it a wine? I'll bet it's a wine. And I look it up and it's just like. Nope, just fashion. And I'm like, do they have wine? Do they have champagne? Charlotte's Russe. De raspberry. Charlotte's are molded desserts. The mold is lined with cake. With fruit and custard or cream mixed with gelatin. Charlotte Russe, made with ladyfingers and rich Bavarian cream, is served with fruit sauce. So it's a fancy dessert also. Huh. With yeah, it's like a tiramisu. It sounds like a French tiramisu almost. Yeah, yeah, lady figures, some cream in there. Good job. Well, I googled it. You know, don't give me too much credit. Well, look, I googled it, and I all I found out about was that it was fashion. That's so. true. But honestly, I wouldn't <laughs> say good job to me. I'd say bad job to you. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. That's about right. Because <laughs> uh, it wasn't hard. <laughs> it was Google. <laughs> Well, no. The machine, the machine in front of me did the heavy lifting. If you just Google Charlotte Russ, it doesn't come up. I, I was suggested yeah. one of the suggestions. Search suggestions was Charlotte Russe dessert. Great. Okay. Well, good for good for you for waiting the extra half a second to have those <laughs> suggestions pop up. Uh, like because I couldn't be bothered. Like fishing, Google is all about <laughs> patience. <laughs> so from here, Jamie starts spitballing. <laughs> from the Federal Communications Commission. If you think we enjoy being paged on a Saturday to come down here and do a video recall, you're mistaken. What is this? Some kind of government secret? Well, why don't you just give us our tape and then, you know what, you can enjoy your lunch. Oh, don't worry, I'm good with secrets. You know me. Um, Mr. Osterbeck, watching this tape could affect your health. How? Tell him, Bill. Bill? I should tell him? I think you should. I don't think I can. You have clearance? I do. Mm-hmm. She's always good at spitballing. It's nice to see Jamie fibbing again. It is. Yeah, she doesn't do it as much now that she doesn't yeah. work. We haven't seen her just in her PR line out. Yeah, it was fun. She tries. I like her trying to alley-oop it to Paul and Paul just freezing. Yeah, yeah, as usual. Yeah. It's cute watching them be like a little secret government right. duo. Yeah, that's fun. But, uh, uh but the, this you're not into this scene. I just don't care, yeah. Right. Paul tells Roy that the magnetic stripping is defective. And Roy says, there's no stripping. I work in a video lab. Roy has not learned about yes-anding. 
(laughs) (laughs) So Jamie says, not with chloride-based tapes. Paul says they're brand new. The chloride will, <laughs> the chloride will infectify the entire tape. Oh, infectify? Is that what he's saying? Yes. I thought he was saying invectify. I think it's one. I it's one of the two. At least infectifies in the Urban Dictionary. Well, that's the thing. I at first, honestly, I thought he said invectify. He did. But then I was just like, but infectify makes some sort of sense. It does. But the reason I think he said invectify is because when I Googled it, Mad About You fan sites came up. (laughs) You're right again. Invectify it is. And I've already tweeted at one to see if he'll come on the podcast. (laughs) Have you really? Yep. He had a fan page from 1995 at Georgia Tech. Wonderful. And he is a former engineer at Google. This is great. And I th- I want to get these two nerds, him and the Caltech dude, I want to get on our podcast if they'll come on. Fingers crossed. We'll see what happens. That'd be great. So Roy, scared about the invectification, hands over the tape, and they leave the apartment mercifully. The, okay, here's what bothers me. Okay. If you're Roy, yep. you rented RoboCop 2. Yep. You want to watch RoboCop 2. Yep. Someone comes to the door with a tape that says RoboCop 2, and your tape doesn't say RoboCop 2, and they say, we have the right tape. We came to switch it out for you. You would probably say, oh, thanks. Oh, okay. Thank I you. I still want to watch RoboCop 2. Huh. I will take your tape. Yep. Yep. You would. Him Unless saying. It, but also. Yeah. But also, they never get that far because they can't, because Roy can't exactly, they can't exactly say, yeah, hi, we got your Name and address from the video store? No, but he says, I want to watch this one. Doesn't he? Right. Yes. It's it's all very strange. Yeah. Sure it's tough is. because, yeah, they're, all the pretenses are false. <laughs> That's right. All right. Let's move on. I just had to point that out. <laughs> no, you're right. It's a good It's a good point. Me and the second halves of episodes have not been agreeing lately. <laughs> so we go to the apartment. And they are watching the tape, and Jamie is being very self-critical. Yes, very funny. Just good, Jamie. Just lie there. <laughs> Why am I so passive? <laughs> and I love the, the responses. You're not passive, and then you ate all the chicken. Yeah. <laughs> They've got more important things to worry about, like the dinner they're eating right now. So, yeah, as they're watching, they both do a little impressed confused head tilt as they watch another head clapper or four clapper i feel like potentially for sure for sure and uh yeah we'll hear a little bit about their opinions wow. <laughs> how did we do that we were young why don't we do that anymore that's why <laughs> They broke a lamp. Ugh, listen, the Foley guy. Top notch. Great top, work. Top. The sound effects on this show, I've always said, are some of the greatest sound effects in sitcom history. You've always said it. We both have always said it. I have a tattoo. <laughs> One that you will not regret. <laughs> they pause it for a second to see who breaks the lamp, and Jamie says, don't pause it. Oh, and then she makes Paul's O face. Yeah, this is pretty gross. This is something else. It's Paul's very, very proud funny. of the job they're doing. Yeah, Jamie says, I know we're almost near the end because you're getting that look on your face, that really intense look. And then, yeah, Jamie makes Paul's, the face that Paul makes when he has an orgasm. And it is 
It's a lot to deal with. This is the cleanest <laughs> execution of the filthiest scene that's ever been on the show, probably. Absolutely. It's remarkable. Yeah. Oh, whoa. <laughs> They're reaching for the remote. Jamie's reaching for the remote again. And they knock down some Chinese food doing so. And Paul says, hey, you're invectifying the chicken. He brings it back. Yeah, again. yeah. Adorable. <laughs> and at that point, Paul gets up and asks to be shown the face that he makes. And they go to the bedroom to have sex. And we again Not hear the from the bedroom. Yeah, right. <laughs> they go to the bedroom. We hear them break a lamp again. Oh, right. That's fun. Yeah. And as this happens, Murray gets up and sits on the couch. And uh, in his mouth, he takes over a little takeout container of chicken. And Maui's he watches the tape. knows no bounds. He's great. He crushes it. Maui in this the dog is a master. Watches the tape and he barks. And so, yeah. Then we come back for the tag. And we're in the bedroom with Jamie cheering for Paul. can't get that bulwarker open yeah it's a cute tag cute little tag yeah i liked it just fine this was a fun episode yeah it was good it was fine it was fine yes uh no, no complaints it was it was well you had some complaints yeah i had complaints yeah i feel like it was a, a perfectly enjoyable b yes a hundred percent you know we, we won't remember this one forever no don't need to can't remember them all can't i don't want to the fact that there's any you can remember is remarkable. That's a great point. Great point. Rise, guys and rise, gals. We thank you so much for listening to us one more time. <laughs> yeah. Holy moly. <laughs> you, you've you done it. If and it's we've your last, it. please leave us a review on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rate us, review us, subscribe, please, by all means. Our reviews have been going up, Russ. I think we got three new ones. Oh, how great. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Thank you very much. We should, I feel like we should have a little uh, review off or something. Yeah. Who can write the best review? No, no, not like that. Well, then you need to change your, that's what a review off is. Yeah, you're right. It's a contest. <laughs> you know, like a campaign. Okay. Like a goal. What are you, what are we trying to achieve? Like, hey, let's get to 50 reviews. Oh, yeah, okay. But then I don't know what yeah. the prize is. The prize is we shout out your name. All of the people? All the people? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Is that a good or prize? Or something better. The prize is we send everybody $300. <laughs> oh, Something in the middle, maybe? You sound like George when they're on their way to that party. <laughs> and they're like, oh, we got to bring dessert and a bottle of wine. He's like, why don't we get them a couch? <laughs> great yes well, let's yeah. get, hey oh let's do it let's get the 50 reviews wouldn't that be something that'd be great and we'll give we'll you a, a shout out something. and honestly if that prize stinks let us know in twitter and we'll come up with something <laughs> a little better <laughs> yeah tell us what a better prize is than a shout out put, put that in your review but do that what? <laughs> just in your review rate us five stars you say great podcast lousy prizes Yes, that can be it. That can absolutely be absolutely. your review. But yeah, I By feel like means. that's a good little marker to get to. You know what I mean? 
Sure. And we know you're out there, and we love you for it. Thanks for listening. And I'll, tell, I'll tell you, oh, well, this is going to put too much time in it. We're at episode 40 of Mad About Mad About You right now. Let's do a 50 by 50. 50 by 50! There we go. Like ESPN. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. We're going to make a sports documentary about our oh, podcast. Oh, I love that, Russ. 50 by 50. 50 by 50. We're going to get to 50 reviews by episode 50. That means we got that 10 episodes roughly, left to plug this campaign. Yeah, that's roughly two and a half to three months. That seems yeah. very doable. I think so, too. Oh, that's exciting. Let's do it, everybody. Let's change the world. <laughs> you can talk to me on Twitter. I'm at Russ Fader, R-U-S-S-F-E-D-E-R. You could tweet at me on the phone. I'm at Johnny Marbles, no H. <laughs> and you can tweet at the two of us collectively, at Mad About You Pod. Find us on Facebook. We want to talk to you. We really do. Ask any questions. You've got a what's our email account? Mad about you pod at gmail. Everywhere we everywhere you go, we're mad about you pod. That's what I thought. We try to keep it consistent. Yeah, mad about you pod at gmail.com. We love getting your emails. We've gotten two ever, and they were both lovely. <laughs> we loved both of them. Yeah. And we'll read them on the air or whatever, unless they're very personal. <laughs> 50 by 50 goes for that too. We're <laughs> 50 emails by yeah. episode 50. <laughs> So crack, get cracking, everybody. Yeah, you all we got also, a lot of work. <laughs> we also have a theme song. It goes like this. It was written and performed by John D. Ivy. Thank you so much, John. Our logo is designed by Nathan Diffie. He is on Twitter at Nathan D-I-F-F-E-E. Thanks, Our Nathan. Sound was mixed by Vuk Yovanovich. Thank you, Vuk. Thank you, Vuk. Wonderful. Perfect. Please listen to Leah's podcast. The name one more time, John. Justice for Sergio. Justice for the Sergio. Podcast. Check it out. If you just Google that term, a lot of different things come up because there were protests. There was this. There was that. You know. Great. But it's a tragedy podcast. that these kids were able to really do something with them on this platform. Uh, that's, uh, you know, it's nice to talk about something non-trivial. Check it out, everybody. Yeah. John, we'll do it again soon. Yeah. How about next okay. week? <laughs> Great. Oh, rise guys and rise gals. Thanks again. I'm Russ Fader. I'm John Marbley. And, and this is, this is what, what we're, we're saying. saying.